0: prayer is everything it is the way to take anything and everything in your life to a deeper to a more significant to a more meaningful place beginning with your relationship with God now folks that's what we said last week that's where we ended last Sunday and that can be exciting that can be inspiring but I think then we're left with how does that happen because I'm sure all of us have experienced times of prayer where we didn't feel like anything was taken deeper, more meaningful, more, more significant. So how do we pray so that that is what is happening in our lives? And the way I'm going to kind of guide us through that this morning is with this form right here. Can you see it? Good. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to walk through this today. As a matter of fact, you can get this form. Uh, you can get a hard copy of it on the way out at the information desk. And of course, as we go through this morning, each line will Come up here, and if you want to get it right now, I believe you can go to theheightsonline.com dot com backslash the deep. And uh, I've been saying this all the services and nobody said you can't, so I take it it's working. Uh, you can go there online and, and download it right now if you've got a, a smartphone or an iPad and kind of walk through it. But what this is, this is going to, you're going to see, this is an outline. This is a template. This one page becomes for me eight to ten pages in, in a Word document every single day. Now, I don't write eight to ten new pages every single day, probably three to four. Uh, Of each day, probably three to four are unique to that day, written of that day. And then there's about five or six pages that are copied and pasted from, from document to document. And we'll, we'll see a little bit more how that goes. But, but what you have here in this is an outline and template. About 90% comes from Jesus. And so we're going to let him kind of guide and shape that. Now, the rest is just what works for me and my personality. And I'm going to kind of show you a little bit of that. But this is what has been just a huge help for me uh, in building, as I said last week, that favorite place, that most significant place in my life. Now, I said that about 90% of this comes from Jesus. Let's see if I'm telling the truth. Would you turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 6? Matthew chapter 6, first book uh, in the New Testament. You'll find it right after Malachi and right before Mark and Luke. So if you're kind of thumbing through, that's the neighborhood that you're looking for. Matthew 6, when you look down at your scripture, you're going to, there's going to be something, you know, whenever our eye identifies something, it, it zeroes in on that. You're probably going to see the Lord's prayer. When you look down on that, if you haven't figured it out, yes, that's kind of where we're going. But around the Lord's prayer, Jesus gives some commentary. some directives on praying. And so we're going to take that all in with the Lord's prayer uh, as we start this morning. Matthew chapter 6, and I'm beginning in verse 5. It says, when you pray. Now, if you have your own Bible and a pen, I would encourage you to underline those three words. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites Gosh, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Don't do that. <laughs> Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, did you hear that again? When you pray, don't do, uh, w- but when you pray, go, to your, uh, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 7. And when you pray, are you catching a theme here? Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like that. Your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Gosh, God, we want things on earth to be done just like they're done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the end of the prayer. And then Jesus goes on with commentary. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, there's a there's a lot here on prayer, isn't there? A lot to understand, more than we're going to be able to cover today. But uh, what I do want to, before we get to the Lord's Prayer, it seems like Jesus is putting some things out there just to kind of have rattling around in our brain as he shows us a prayer. And, And so I want to make five quick observations. We'll call it Jesus on Prayer, all right? Five observations around this prayer that he gives us. Number one, you will be praying. Did you get that? When you pray, it doesn't say if you pray. Clearly, it is the assumption of Jesus that his followers, that his people are going to be a people of prayer. They are going to be a people of praying. There is no question in the way Jesus is addressing this, whether you and I are praying. It's absolutely assumed you will be praying. Number two, prayer is about you and God. And really, it's about God. So leave it there. You know, folks, the the problem with the hypocrite here is not that he's praying out loud or not that he's praying in front of others. From From the beginning of the Bible all the way through to the end, you see all kinds of people, right and good people, giving right and good prayers out loud and publicly. The issue is not the activity, it's his heart, right? He's praying to draw attention to himself. Look how spiritual I am. Look how high sounding I am. Aren't you impressed with me? To which Jesus says, Hey, that's your reward. Whoopty freaking do. Everybody thinks you're awesome. And the funny thing is, none of us actually thinks that person is that awesome, do we? So see, the issue is not the activity, but this person's heart. Hey, it's not about what you think of me or if you think I'm spiritual or strong. Hey man, when we go to prayer, it's this way. It's what's happening this direction and ultimately it's about God. So Jesus says, leave it there. Let, let's leave it about that. And this third observation I think Jesus gives us here is don't let your prayer become empty words. Now, folks, empty words could mean a variety of things. It's it's praying out of a prayer book, somebody else's prayers. It is, it's reciting prayers. Now, does that mean if I use a book, if I use somebody's prayer, that that's bad? Not necessarily. It's kind of like the hypocrite. It's not necessarily the activity that is wrong, but it's what's happening in our heart and mind. What Jesus is talking about here, folks, is praying with an unengaged mind, praying with an unengaged soul. You say, well, that's a good thing I've never done that, (laughs) except when you pray the Lord's prayer. Isn't it interesting? Jesus gives this directive, and then he gives us this prayer, and then, gosh, this is a little judgmental to say, but I'm going to throw it out there, but then every time we pray the Lord's prayer, we do the exact thing Jesus said not to do when we pray without an engaged mind. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know what I'm talking about, folks? Those words rattle right out. And and we really are not thinking, uh, again, I can't say that 100% of the time for every person. My experience is, most of the time, we're not thinking one bit about what we're saying. And that's what Jesus said, don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, listen, if a a prayer written in a book helps you to pray, if there's something in that that's inspiring, that's fine. If memorizing a prayer, hey, that's fine. But the moment you become unengaged, it's no longer okay. And, And what's amazing is so many religions, so many Christian denominations usually encourage you, don't go anywhere in prayer. Use the prayer book. Read the prayers. Chant this way. Say these words. Do these things. And you know what? That that feeds our nature. Because as I said last week, I think a lot of us maybe are not so confident in prayer. You know, we're not sure what button we're supposed to push or what lever we're supposed to pull. Or, you know, am I saying the right word so that God will answer me? And that leads to the fourth one. Hey man, God already knows what you need. That this isn't about you juggling. This isn't about you saying the right set of words. This isn't about saying it so that it sounds so high sounding and mystical. God already knows what the issue is. The question here is your heart and His heart connecting. So we don't, we don't, we don't get caught up in that. And then lastly, Boy, folks, this is, forgiveness is a big deal. I don't know how to say it any different than what I've written right there. Um, it's in the center of the Lord's prayer. It's in the commentary afterwards. I'm not gonna say a lot about this because this is actually where we're going next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're gonna look at three viruses. Three viruses that just gunk up the, the hardware and the software of a prayer life. Just just ruin it. It's not all about forgiveness. One of the three is about forgiveness. But for today, let me just say this. Folks, where, where anger and where bitterness thrives, prayer dies. And let me say that again. Where anger and bitterness thrives, prayer dies. And you understand, man. a lot of times we're walking around, I don't feel angry, I don't feel bitter. That statement doesn't mean when you're flying off the handle, when you're out of control. Hey, listen, you might not be angry at anything at this moment, but it's in there. It's in there. As long as that person doesn't come to your memory, as long as that situation isn't there, then then you're okay. But the moment that stuff does come to mind, that low boil becomes a high boil. Folks, this is, this is significant to our spiritual well-being. And it, it breaks prayer. It just breaks it. We'll get back to that in a little bit in a moment. So we've got these things. These are the kinds of things... Again, we could discuss this a lot more. These are the kinds of things, though, I think Jesus just kind of, as he gives us the Lord's prayer, he wants this rolling around in our mind, rolling around in our soul. And and then he says, okay, now here's what we do. Here's what prayer's gonna be like. Pray like this. And again, isn't it interesting? He's just told us, I don't want you just spouting off memorized prayers. I don't want you just reciting prayers that aren't your heart, that aren't your cry, that aren't your praise. And then he gives us this and we memorize it and recite it without thought. Now he had to know we, we would do, what did he intend with the Lord's prayer? And by the way, folks, I'm not saying it's wrong to recite it. Not, not as an individual, not as a group. We just gotta be careful that we're not doing that in a disengaged way. So what is Jesus giving us with the Lord's prayer? Think of each line as a cue. Think of each line as a direction of where to go next. I'm driving down the highway of prayer and, and I come up on our Father who art in heaven. Jesus is saying, take this exit. I want you to travel this road for a moment. And and each line might be, I mean, I might go down that road for 30 seconds. I might go down that road for for three minutes. I might go down that road for 10 or 15 minutes. It might be different from, from day to day, what each piece means. But think of each line as a cue, as a direction, where to go next in your time of prayer. Now, also, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. He's not saying every time that you say, dear Lord... And then you've got to follow with the outline here. Last week, we talked about how important spontaneous prayer is. You know, that praying as you go. You're you're living life, you're walking through a day, and up goes the sentence. Man, thank you, Lord, for that. Oh, gosh, God, I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Hey, I want to praise you. for. Hey, Lord, would you help them? Would you encourage? All day long, just a sentence or two, firing up. That's very appropriate, very important discipline. Because as I'm praying all day long, these little one and two sentence prayers, what I'm doing is I'm processing life through prayer, which means then we're processing life through God. So that spontaneous prayer, very important, but it can't be the only way. It cannot be the only way we communicate. You know, my wife Karen and I talk all day long, these little one and two sentence things, right? You know, sometimes it's through a text, sometimes we're on the phone, sometimes it's on the way up. Hey, who's picking them up? Hey, what are we doing tonight? What's for dinner? Hey, I love you. Hey, thank you for taking care of that all day long. Hey, you've got to have that kind of communication, right? I mean, to to, to keep things moving, (laughs) to keep the machine going forward, there's got to be these one and two sentence communications all day long. But that's not how you build a, a a relationship. That's not how you build intimacy. No, there needs to be that more significant devoted time, and that's what Jesus is giving direction on right here when he gives us the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to we're going to look at each line as a directive. And now is when I'm going to begin to to kind of walk through this template, walk through this outline that he gives us. And this is something I have kind of massaged, that I've kind of built, uh really taken about 22 20 three years uh, to, to build this form for me and, and what it's doing in my life right now. So let me show you what this is. Okay, so I sit down, I got open up a Word document, I write the, the day and the date and the time, and I, and I don't do that because Jesus told me, I just do that because I want to know what day it is, right? Yeah, you know, this, is, this, is, this is what's getting ready to write here. So I've got that, and then I've got the word yesterday, and under yesterday, I will then write... oh three or four sentences, sometimes maybe, maybe a couple of paragraphs, but I'm, I'm doing just what it says. I'm writing about yesterday, some things that stood out to me, uh, some things I enjoyed, something I want to, uh, to, to think about. A lot of times what I'm writing here is going to start giving shape to what I'm going to be giving thanks for in a moment, or what I'm going to be praying about, or maybe what I'm going to be saying I'm sorry for. Now here's my purpose in doing this. Okay. Is, is I've woken up, you You know, I actually, I got up at 4.50 a.m. And I got to get the coffee going, right? Got to get the coffee going. I got to take the dogs out and then bring one back in. And, you know, I got to check Facebook, wish some happy birthdays, make sure the world still exists. Okay. And so now about this time, you know, about 15, 20 minutes have passed and I sit down and, and I'm writing. And what I'm doing is I'm trying not to just go flying into God's presence out of breath and sweating. Okay. I'm sitting down and, and what yesterday is for me, it's a little bridge, Just a little transition time. I'm kind of thinking about what's going on in life, what, what went on yesterday. And it just, again, it kind of starts to shape me and direct me as I, as I move into the time of prayer. And then we move to the next section. And a time of prayer begins with scripture. Okay, a lot of times we treat prayer and Bible study and Bible reading as as two different topics, two different things. Folks, they're they're two sides of the same coin. They absolutely go hand in hand. And whatever you're going to do here, say your entire prayer time is going to last eight minutes. Well, then maybe you're just going to read a psalm. A lot of Psalms you can read in 30, 45 seconds. Maybe you're going to read a, a, a chapter of the Bible. You know, I'm going to work through John this month and I read John chapter 3 today. You know, that might just take two or three minutes. But always, not, not in the spontaneous prayers where we're just going up all day long, but in this devoted time, I would say always start with the Bible. Here's why. Let God speak first, Right? Let God speak first, hear his thoughts, hear his ideas, see what his desires are before you start to give voice to your thoughts, your ideas and your desires. And folks, do you realize that whatever God's answer is going to be, whether it comes out during that prayer time, whether it comes out that day or whether it comes out in the years ahead, whatever God's answer is, it is going to come up out of God's word. God doesn't have answers for you that are contrary to his scripture, that are distinct and apart from his scripture. They're always gonna rise up out of the scripture. So when I start with the scripture, what I'm doing is I'm tuning in my eyes and my ears and my soul to God. Think of that old radio, you know, you got to tune in, you got to turn the station, make sure I'm, I'm hearing good and, and, and I'm letting him shape and direct this. Now, there's a lot of ways you can do this scripture reading. Like I said, you may just be sitting down and reading a psalm or, or a, a chapter in the Bible. Maybe you got a Bible study you're doing right now, maybe with friends, but you know, this might be a time where you do some of the work of that and, and you work through that. I like to, and I have been now for over 20 years, I like to do a program where I'm reading through the Bible in a year. And by the way, you can just Google Bible reading programs. And you read the New Testament in three months, read the Old Testament in seven days, read the Bible in the, I mean, whatever you can do, it's in there somewhere, just Google it. But I, so I use a program where as you can see from up here, I've got an Old Testament passage, I've got a New Testament passage, I read a Psalm and a proverb. And that probably takes me about 10 or 15 minutes. I, I like this because you know what? We all have our favorite passages, don't we? Our favorite passage, our favorite psalm, our favorite book. And we tend to just keep going back to those. And there's nothing wrong with that. Man, have a favorite and use it. But I think it's important to have kind of a disciplined way, however long it takes you, having a disciplined way of getting through all of God's word. Because it's all profitable. We need the lessons of all of it. It all ties together. So that's why I like using that. And then when I do my reading, I carry these three tools. I carry these three questions with me into the reading. I have a problem. I'm probably sure none of y'all have this. But sometimes when I read, my mind will wander a little bit. Or maybe I'll even fall back to sleep, right? Or, you I'm just, my weakness is y'all, this never happens to y'all. But but sometimes I'll read and then I'll close what I'm reading and I don't have a clue what I just read, okay? So I'm just talking about my my problems. You'll have to figure out yours. And so what I have found is when I open up God's word, because man, that's not a place I want to wander. That's not a place I want to fall asleep. So what I do is I just take a couple of questions into the word with me. I'm thinking these questions. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to engage my brain. I'm trying to go into this passage with just a little bit of purpose. And so as I'm reading in the morning during this time, I'm saying, hey, what is this passage saying about God? What is it saying about me or or mankind? And what is it telling me to do? And as I read through, uh, you see the little dash here, little bullet point. You know, sometimes I got one or two bullets under a question. I've got some pads. I got 10, 15 bullets under under a particular question. It just kind of depends on what I'm reading that morning. But it makes sure that I'm really engaging with God's voice and not just kind of mindlessly walking through it. So that's what I do. Now I'm kind of dialed into God pretty much now, okay? And so now I begin to move into where Jesus told us to go. In his first line, First line, he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The operative word here is hallowed. Hallowed means make it holy, make it big, honor it. You know, we're seeing the greatness of God. We're seeing the goodness of God. I think a lot of that idea can be wrapped up in these two words that we more likely are to use. Praise and thanksgiving. And so I'll sit here and I'll start to, I'll start to type out, you know, things that I praise God for. A lot of time, the first things I'm praising God for are what I just read in, in my Bible reading time. And, and so I'm, I'm going through and I'm, you know, I'm just, I, this part I'm writing out, this is fresh to each day. You know, I'm praising him for general things, man, it's a beautiful world. I'm glad to know the maker, glad to wake up today, thankful for my salvation. I've got some general things. Then I'll kind of move into specifics, you know, some things that happened yesterday, man, I want to praise you for that. I want to thank you for, this answer to to prayer. I want to thank you for whatever that might be. So Jesus says, start here. Second line. Now I find in talking with people about prayer, they've never thought a whole lot about this, which is interesting because what Jesus taught us to pray, which you and I have recited innumerable amount of times, this kind of shows a lot of times we don't really, we recite the Lord's Prayer and don't even really know what we're saying. Because in the second line, you know what Jesus is telling us to do? Hey, talk with God about his desires I know we've kind of come into this moment because I want to talk to God about what my desires are. Jesus says, that's fine. There's going to be a place for that. But talk with him about his desires. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Folks, these three words, your kingdom come, is the answer to every prayer request ever uttered by any person. What we're praying for here is, Lord, I want to see your rule. I want to see your reign. And we can pray that in general, God, I pray your rule comes into this world. We can start getting specific. God, I pray, you, I pray it's clear in my marriage that you rule and reign. Is there anything I'm doing that would make it confusing that you rule and reign in this marriage or you rule and reign in our finances? Lord, I, I, I pray you're ruling and reigning in our church. You know, folks, God, that doesn't mean God's ruling here because there's a sign out front that says church, Right. It doesn't mean that God's ruling here because we open the doors and, and people come in and we sing songs. You realize there's a battle in every soul in this room for who's ruling and reigning between you and the Lord. This is a constant thing that needs to be very much a part of our prayer lives. God, I pray it's your rule and your reign because that ultimately ends up being the answer to everything gosh I so much and you can bring that down. hey Lord I know I'm going to pray about this in a moment but you start thinking about what his rule and reign looks like when it gets down into those issues that you're going to pray about man I want things the way it operates in heaven I want it to be here okay well what does that mean if I'm saying I want things up in heaven to work down here in this issue, in this area, what's that mean? So see, it begins to shape our, our, our prayers. But we're praying for God's desires. And this is where I start thinking, you know, as I go through scripture, what's the heartbeat of God? You know, one of the things Jesus says to pray for, he says, man, pray there's more laborers for the harvest. It seems that Jesus is a bit concerned that his followers will get really apathetic about their own salvation. They'll get even more apathetic about all the lost people they live with and work with and eat with and spend life with every single day and not one thing think one thing about how lost they are. He says, man, I'm really concerned about that they're not gonna go, they're not gonna share, they're not gonna tell, they're not gonna invite. Pray, pray, my God raises up an army uh, of people that will go into the harvest. This is where I, I pray for people's salvation. I pray for people I know, people I'm working with. I also pray for people I don't know names out there that control our destinies, right? Obviously governing officials, maybe it's headquarters for your work, or, I mean, it can be a variety of things, but, and, and maybe you're concerned, especially with that person, that is you, they, they might not be, they might not be saved. Well, that's where I start praying for their salvation. I pray a lot here, I think, about people that control government, media, uh, and, and education, because that's just so much shapes our lives, right? So it's like, I'd like to see people that have a heart for God leading that. This is where I pray for missionaries. I, I, I pray for, uh, other, a lot of these are friends of mine, uh, churches here in our community, churches throughout our state. I have two churches, uh, that I always pray for and anticipate praying for till the day I die. And that's Second Baptist in Houston, Texas and First Baptist North Spartanburg and Spartanburg, South Carolina, because these are two churches, two pastors that have had a profound impact on my life and its shaping and my walk with God and, and how I serve God. So I almost feel like I owe a debt uh, of being committed to pray for them. I hope you have. I'm not talking about a current church that you're in. I'm saying as you look back in your past, I would imagine a lot of us, we do. There is a church. There is a pastor. that That's where I came to the Lord. That's where I began to really grow in the Lord. Let's continue to serve them. We may be 25 years and 1,700 miles away from them. But let's continue to serve that place with our prayers. So that's that's what's happening uh, under that line for me. Now let's get to where we've finally been waiting to go in our prayer, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Operative word here I'm going to put is daily and bread. This is the physical world. We're praying about the physical world, we're praying about the physical realm, we're praying about a lot of the needs that, that we feel and that we're dealing with. Now, I don't know about you, but I looked in my life, and then again, this was a lot of what I was thinking through late 80s, early 90s, when I was beginning to put all this together in my life, but there's so much to pray for. There's just, it's just this mountain of stuff to pray for. And when we're standing before a mountain, we're going to do one of two things. One, we're going to say, I can't accomplish that mountain. I got to get, go to work. I don't have, I don't have time for that. And so the mountain looks so big, we don't do it. We, we just don't pray. Or we say, okay, I know God wants me to pray. I know I got to take on this mountain. And so we go charging up it to accomplish a thousand prayers in 30 seconds or less. And so what we end up doing is just firing off a bunch of sentences. And when we get done with that, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like something very purposeful just happened. It doesn't feel like something significant just happened. And most of us, if it has no purpose and it has no significance, we're not going to do it for very long. And so that's another reason we just end up not praying. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I thinking, mean, gosh, Lord, I've got so much to pray for. and And I thought, you know, I wonder... I wonder if I took a lot of this and I just prayed about it, like, say, one time this week, I wonder if God could remember it until I got back to it next week. And do you know, I think he can. Revolutionary thought. I think, hey, God, I'm going to cover this today, but then I'm not going to come back to it next week. Do you got it till then? And I really thought God said, man, thumbs up. I got it. Let's go ahead. And so that's where I began to, for lack of a better word, I began to theme to theme my days. And I said, you know what? On Monday, I am gonna be focused in my prayer just on my family. Now, let me just kind of run ahead to a question. Are you saying, Renny, you, there's nothing you pray about every day? Yeah, hey, we've all got some crises, right? We all got some things that are just kind of, ah! You know, well, after I get through my theming, then yeah, I've got a paragraph or two of some stuff that just kind of, I'm gonna pray about this every day until until it gets resolved but the the big part of my time of prayer I'm going to I'm going to do this and so I get to my family and uh, I have found with this folks I pray about a whole lot more and I pray about a a lot deeper in things I was never praying about before I, I find that in this formula I end up praying a whole lot more about what scripture talks about and not just some need I have for Thursday. I, I start, hey, Lord, I pray Karen and I, I pray we're growing as one. I, I pray we're loving and and serving and forgiving each other. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of a big word for me in scripture is, is being a steward, being a faithful manager of what God's given us. And man, I look at what God's given us from, from a house or money or cars to kids, to a ministry. Hey, how about this? To bad things. See, we're not just a manager and a steward of all the good stuff in life. We're a manager and a steward of some of the bad stuff that comes rolling down the road. And so I'm I'm looking at hey God, I pray Karen and I. I pray we're good managers of this. I pray we're wise. I pray we can be on the same page in in how we manage this and care for this for you. I pray about my kids and obviously their growth and their walk with the Lord. I tell you something, I've prayed for my kids ever since we got the second one. In 1994, when Amy came along, I started praying that, Lord, I pray my kids are best friends and I pray they're a godly encouragement in each other's life always. Because sometimes our kids are gonna go talk to each other instead of us, right? Right? And I'm absolutely fine with that. I just want the, the one sibling to say the right thing to the other sibling. You know, so, hey, Lord, I want them depending on each other. I want them going to each other. But maybe it, may it be a godly thing that they say to one another. Boy, I really feel like God has blessed that prayer over the years in our family. I pray, I pray very regularly that, God, that my kids honor and obey me. And I don't pray that for Karen and I because we want our way because we want there to be peace in the house, be quiet and get out of my face. I want them to honor and pray because the scripture teaches that's their path of blessing. That, that's how they're going to land on God's blessing for their lives. And do you know, I have found that the more I pray my kids honor and obey me, the more I think about, gosh, am I making that a difficult assignment? Am I making that hard for, for them to honor and obey? See, see, I, I take this time. I got a lot more time now because I don't have to pray about the whole mountain. I'm just praying about my family. And so I, I get to think about all these things that scripture says and pray that into our relationships, pray that into our home. And yes, I then do finally get down to praying about this bill and this test this week and, and this meeting and help Karen be able to do this and help Randy to be able to handle that. I get down to those specific Now, when I get to Tuesday, extended family, I do all the same thing. Same thing, except it's related to them. I got kind of general prayers guided by scripture that I'm praying for their lives. I've got, you know, obviously when I talk to them and catch up with them, I maybe learn about some specifics. So I'll kind of go through that with extended family. Then Wednesday, I get to friends and, and you see the word prayer request. This is, this is really related to the church because about 90% of our relationships are, are related to the church. I mean, you know, people we, Karen and I hang out with and do some things with or they'll be, Uh, this is where I put all of our church staff, uh, all of our church families. This is where I pray for them, our our deacon body and their families. This is where I'm going to cover that. And then you see this prayer request. Now, anytime I get a prayer request off of Facebook, or maybe you've asked me to pray for you, you emailed me a prayer request. This is where I put this. And, you know, I'll put a person's name and then one or two lines that, you know, I know what I'm praying for. And this is, this is the lion's share of that eight to 10 page journal. As a matter of fact, I looked at this morning just so I could be accurate. My, my journal this morning was like nine and a half pages and about three and a fourth of it over three pages of it was, was this it, it's, it's all the things that I, I'm, I'm praying for related to individuals in our church family. And I covered this again on Friday and again on Sunday. One, because I, I'm praying for the church. Well, what's the church? It's people. And there's some people that have some issues and concerns. And so I, 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 I pray for that there. I pray for it here and I pray for it here. The other reason and I pray for it on Sunday is I might see you. And if I tell you, Hey man, I've been praying for you. I want it to actually be the truth. Right? Cause let's be honest. Sometimes it's Christian. Hey man, I've been praying for you. And we, and we hadn't been praying for it. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. I, I'm, I'm the only one that knows that. Okay. Uh, so, no, I want to be telling the truth. When I tell you I've been praying for you, I, I did. Last several hours, several hours ago, I did. So, when I get to, uh, let's see, where are we? Thursday. Now, this is, folks, do you realize God commands us to pray about our government? Do you realize that you find anybody in scripture that is walking with God, they care about their people. They care about their nation and its spiritual well-being, and they're covering it in prayer. And almost every one of us knows that. Do we do it? Yeah, Uh, July 4th, Memorial Day for the election. (laughs) You know, I'm pretty sure when God commands us to do that, he wasn't thinking two or three times a year. We might say a quick cover over that. No, folks, I think we need to build a disciplined time, a disciplined place in our life where we are praying about our leaders. We're praying about, obviously, the issues, things going on in the news. Uh, this is where I pray for our soldiers uh, every week. There's national ministries. When I put ministries, national ministries, I appreciate. I just appreciate what they do for our nation. Maybe I've had some involvement with them, but that's where I pray for those. I put police. I imagine a lot of people don't put police in their regular. Some of this stuff you're gonna put on here is things that are important to you things that are connected to you. And so, uh, I don't know how long, eight or nine years ago, I became a a chaplain with the Chesterfield County Police Department. So I Get to know a lot of police. I know with them their issues and things like that. So it became important to me on this day to pray for Chesterfield County and for Colonial Heights. I pray for Colonel Dupuy and Chief Ferris uh every single week. And again, kind of some general prayers over that department. Then again, Friday, I I would describe how I pray about the church the same way I did my family. Some general scriptural things, unity, peace, we're we're handling accurately your word, we're worshiping in spirit and truth. uh, we love and forgive and serve each other when we get here. So there's kind of those general things. And then I get to praying, you know, hey, this is going on this week. We got this event this night. God, would you guide? Would you do whatever that, that thing is? I, I'm praying about that. Uh, a big part of what I pray for ends up being about what's going to happen here on Sunday morning, like a fire alarm or something like that. And so I'm, I'm praying, you know, I'm praying for worship and that, that we love each other and that God sees our our love for him. You know, something I felt burning. Uh, to pray for recently, kind of a strange thing. I've not heard stories like this. And I heard like three or four stories. Two stories are related to one gentleman. But I heard three or four stories in the space of like three or four weeks. And, and, th- and this was like the end of February, in, end of March uh, of somebody telling me that, that somebody in our, in our congregation here walked up to them and said something really mean condemning, uh, judgmental. You don't belong in the house of God. God doesn't, you know, something that God doesn't want about that person or like about that person. One day I was actually calling a, uh, first time visitor, first time here at this church. And they, they said, this man came up and I won't be back to your church. And they described this person. I knew who it was. And, uh, you know, the funny, I said, you know, the funny thing is that, that, that guy's not even a member of our church he comes here will come here two or three Sundays in a row and then disappear for four months and then come back for for this and and he did that a couple of times in the space of this short time and and that wasn't the only one there was a couple other stories and I mean all in the space of like five or six weeks and I thought you know I've never really prayed about that you know I mean folks you realize the moment we walk through those doors there's a lot of things that Satan want to make sure does not happen in this moment. He wants to cause doubt. Fear. Skepticism. Wants you to see what you don't like. Wants you to see what you don't like about somebody else. And he's going to do all that. So that you and I don't see God. So, so that we don't respond to him. So I've, I've started adding something in my prayer life. God. bind Satan bind how he would use some of us to 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 speak discouragement to 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 speak hurt into each other's lives. So, you know, that's how you know. So I'm going along I, I ever prayed that. Now I'm praying it every single Friday and Saturday. Uh you know, Lord, please help that idiot not I mean not that, help that person uh not come in here and be that way and and, and do that. And so Friday and Saturday very similar Uh, Or Friday and Sunday, very similar. Saturday, have you ever heard the word prayer and wildcard put together? Uh, I call Saturday my my wildcard day. Now, what I do on Saturday, I still write about yesterday. I still do the Bible reading. I still do praise and thanksgiving. But then after that, I just delete the rest. Okay, now... The agenda that I just deleted was the agenda that Jesus gave, right? I mean, it's not that I deleted something bad. That's what Jesus told us to do. But like if you're a type A personality, if you're not careful, you'll begin to worship the agenda. And so I try to make sure just in my own personality in my life, I've got one day where I, I, I start off that way, but then I say, Lord, what do you want me to pray about? And I just sit there and I just let him decide what we're going to talk about that morning and, and, and where we're going to go with that. And so that's kind of how I have, I have handled give us this day our daily bread. And like I said, folks, I find I pray about so much more. And it goes so much deeper than just bless this, fix that, heal them, her, you know, it, this, the quick sentences, it, and it, it just becomes much more meaningful, much more profound time. Let's try to wrap up here. Confession. Now, confession is one word. I'm not even sure that's the best word because there's like three things that I see Jesus wanting to happen in the, in this, in this line. And I find folks that generally we only do one of them. Three things he's calling us to do and we only do one of them I think the one that we get and the one that we do is forgive us of our debts We know in this time of prayer. So say lord. I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have acted like that I shouldn't be thinking that way and and so we confess our sins, right? We tell her sorry. We we ask his forgiveness. We ask for a filling of the holy spirit But I think that's where we kind of tend to stop But this is not where Jesus stopped. He said, hey, there's a couple of other things I want you to regularly in a disciplined fashion be working out in your prayer life and that's the people we need to forgive. Jesus says, hey, listen, folks, everybody in here, everybody in here is carrying hurt. You're carrying pain from something that an individual or a situation caused you at some point in life. A lot of us, it's more than one thing, isn't it? Hurt from others is one of the biggest things that determines your spiritual health. How you are handling the hurt of others. Folks, that's like your pulse that's like your temperature. This is like the, the the basic vital sign to your spiritual health and well-being. And that's why Jesus says, hey, listen, I don't want you just praying about the hurt when it happened yesterday. I don't want you just praying about the hurt when you're really feeling it. I want this to be a regular place you go in prayer and just make sure, God, am I forgiving? Am I healing? Am I dealing with this? Because... Nothing, gosh, that's a big word. I think I can almost say it. Almost nothing is as destructive to your spiritual health and to your prayer life as these unresolved hurts in our lives. And then the temptation and deliver us from evil where give us this day was our physical realm. Folks, I think where Jesus is directing us here is our is the spiritual realm. You know, we're all kind of in tune with, with the bill and the, and the thing at work. But, but are we regularly praying about our spiritual strength, our spiritual well-being, our spiritual provision? Hey, Lord, I don't need to confess this right now. I didn't do this yesterday. But boy, this character quality is still a mess in my life. I'm still not very good at that. I'm still not, you know, or hey, man, Lord, I really want to be a more bold witness. I really want to be more godly. Are we praying about spiritual growth and spiritual development? Because this is where Jesus is sending us in our prayer time. Okay, last line, and it's not actually a line spoken by Jesus. Okay, we all end the Lord's Prayer with it, but you'll notice when I read Matthew 6, it, it wasn't there. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen? It's a great way to end a song, isn't it, Dale? And, amen. I know you thought so. Uh, I do like having, by the way, tradition added, I don't want to, we're way over time. I don't want to go into where this came from right now. I like ending with this because as I started the prayer, with God's greatness and glory. I started the prayer thinking about God's desires. I find this line kind of bookends the prayer, okay? I leave there, because you remember, give us this day our daily bread is the bulk. That's where a lot of the time in my prayer is. And so that means I have spent a lot of time communicating to God my take on the world, And I've communicated to God some places I'd like to be bigger and I'd like to be better. What a way to, in prayer, to remind yourself, you know what? It's not actually about my take on the world. It's about God's take on the world. It's not actually about my life getting bigger and better. It's about God getting bigger. And so I like this line. This right here is just, I was just an example of kind of how I would take that line and and pray for it. And then lastly, uh, the line, listen. And I I think I mentioned last week, I I don't, I, I just... This is at the bottom of every single one of my documents, every, every day's journal, and I tend to just blow right past it. And so this year, instead of just saying, Oh well, I always blow past that, I'm trying to fix that and do a little better there. I'm actually trying to lift that some out of this prayer time and kind of build that discipline in, in some other places in my week. Um, folks, there's a lot we didn't talk about today, and it wasn't because of the fire alarm. Uh, you know, I've mentioned all morning journaling. I, I type, I write all this out. Uh, I would say journaling is probably the most significant activity that took my prayer from every now and then to every single day. And, and folks, I wanted you to know something. When I said last week that I don't, I don't miss a prayer time, I, I, I was not communicating to you how disciplined I am. I was not communicating to you how obedient I am. What I was trying to communicate in that statement is there's nothing I value more. I, I do not value sleep more than this time. I do not value my, my schedule and needing to go more than this time. I don't value vacation and being on vacation more than this time. There's just literally nothing that I value more than this. I, I wouldn't miss this time. It's not a statement about how I've tackled it and, and prayed every day. It's, it's about how much I value it. And I would say journaling is, a, is, a, is an instrument, a practice that has really, uh, I think, helped bring that about. We didn't talk about Gosh, we could look at a very variety of prayer lives in the scripture. By the way, check out Nehemiah. It's a short book in the Old Testament. You can read it in 15 minutes. Beautiful portrayal of a life that blends spontaneous prayer and devoted prayer and how they each feed each other. We look at David. We look at a Jesus. And you know what an operative word for their prayer life is? Wilderness. Now, I'm, I don't have a desert around here in Virginia, okay? I, I don't have a, a wilderness to go to. But when I see how big that was to their prayer lives, it tells me, how do I create a wilderness? What's the time of day? What's the place that I can go and create my wilderness, my time alone and away with God uh, unplugged, except my laptop, of course. Uh, how, how, how can I go and do that? But, but folks, what, what I've given you here today, again, this is, this is 20 years this is, this is my personality, the ebb and flow of who I am in my week and my day. It, it might not all work exactly like that for you. But here, here's what I want to challenge you to do. W- w- would, you, would you download this or, or go get a copy at the information desk? Would you use this, let, let's say three days a week, three days a week for three months? Take this, walk through this, each line, again, might be 30 seconds, might be 10 minutes, but use this three days a week for three months. And I'm just, I'm just praying God is going to discipline you and help you and show you the fruit and product of this. Folks, what I'm holding right here is my life. It is where everything is lived out. It is where everything is worked out. It is my peace. It is my strength. It is my walk and relationship with God. It is the favorite thing, the favorite place I do and I go every day. And I just can't help but believe with all my heart, God wants the identical same thing for you and your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to pray. Help us to pray. And I pray we would realize you have. You've given us your spirit to discipline us and empower us. You've given your word to guide us. Help us to pray. And Lord, I would pray for every person in this room, every person this morning, that that will pick this up and attempt to do this over the next several months. God, I just... Pray you'll bless it, and I pray you'll show yourself, and I pray you'll feed them, and I, I pray you'll encourage them, and then they'll see the product of, of what can be in doing this. I ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.